Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. In a time where there is so much wrestling to watch, what if I told you you could only watch three wrestling matches? That's the question I'm asking some of wrestling's best, be it in the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. Our VIP on the island today is about to celebrate her 11th year in pro wrestling. She is a feature performer in Chikara, Beyond Wrestling, and next month she's going to travel across the water to catch some legs in the UK. She's also the first guest to bring a dog onto the island with her, which makes me glad we sprung for extra dog treats at the island airport. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished island guests, she is, well... I'm actually going to let Beyond Wrestling's Rich Palladino do this bit. She's taller than a How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm lovely, thank you. Lovely to speak to you. Definitely miss the accents. That's great. Oh, this is well, awesome. Well, welcome back. <laughs> you're, you're coming this way soon, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped about it. Also, I have to ask, I have to ask, how is Officer Magnum? Officer Magnum is doing great. Uh, we're currently working on a, a new move, Sleep, which I believe it's it's mostly a UK-based way that we say drop down. Um but he's really good at like down, so I'm repurposing it because we're learning. We learned drop kick, so I figured we'll do sleep, and then I practice by having a treat down by him, and then I hop over him a bunch, uh, so that hopefully we could get a full international spot out of him. I genuinely can't get over when he's at shows surrounded by hundreds of people. What a good doggo he is! He's a star. Oh he's my just God, he's amazing. <laughs> and I know I say that as like his human, but at the same time, I'm like, no, like. He's just one of a kind. He gets some of the biggest reactions as well. Whenever, whenever I've seen you with him, and, and obviously, uh, you know, with the greatest respect, he does. He gets a big love, doesn't he, from the crowd? Oh yeah, uh, he, and he, he's gotten progressively used to it. And there was a little while there, he, you know, he like had like um, hot spots. So I was like, yeah, you could just sleep in the back. And so in the back, when he doesn't come out with me, he'll find a suitcase he likes and then just crawl in it. So sometimes you'll come back from your match and then he'll be um, in your suitcase <laughs> sleeping. <Aww>. So, 
<laughs> is there a particular yeah. wrestler apart from yourself, obviously? And we will talk about you. We are here to talk about you, but I just want to get oh, the, the Magnum Doggo questions out of the way early. I'm keen to... I love talking about him. I'm fine with that. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. We'll do an hour then. But, uh, um, is there any wrestlers in particular that Magnum has taken to? The, uh, yeah, there are a handful. Like, and he does he does go by locker room too. And so I could tell in certain locker rooms, like he'll look for certain people. Uh, Penelope Ford a lot of the time. Uh, he'll go to Kimber. Or like, well, a lot of the girls. He's a big softie for the girls. This is Skyler, everybody, uh, all those type, all the girls in like WWR and stuff like that. Uh, he'll really run up to Orange Cassidy and Crawdad, who's a uh, Chikara wrestler. Out there more. I love Crawdad. Um, Crawdad is is and him are, are pals, so he'll definitely run up to him. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got like a handful that he'll just be like, yeah. And we were at one venue. It was the first time we were at this venue uh up north and he like went through all of the suitcases and then crawled in dickinson's <laughs> and it was the smallest one i was like really you picked that one out of like <laughs> all the duffel bags like oh love him it's just he's like no there's there's a method to this <laughs> so i got this guys I got I got this. This. Don't, don't you worry about me you worry about you recently uh, i've been following your adventures in beyond <laughs> wrestling I know you've been with them yeah. for a while now. I'm a big fan of Chikara, which is where I discovered the great work you do. And Beyond Wrestling almost feels, uh, for lack of a better term, like a gateway drug for Chikara. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never heard it put like that. Um, I Yeah, I, I feel like the two for me are really crucial. And... Uh, getting to do so much work at Chikara and then as the season's changing then uncharted territory starts like they're they work together it's just like a different feel at uncharted or at beyond because i mean we were doing the weekly shows so that kind of was like this is our first wednesday not doing one uh, since it started so i feel kind of like oh now what do i do on wednesday <laughs> beyond is is wild and and there's different opportunity there it's like different styles of wrestling and it, it is a little bit less pg but at the same time it's still family friendly they're just a little bit more gritty so you've just won the feast championship you just had this ridiculous ladder shenanigan <laughs> it was brilliant yeah so for those who don't know what is the lineage of the feast championship uh so as i was working more with beyond we were doing like a bunch of shows kind of like everywhere. And we started working with a company feast and it's this delicious restaurant up by where they run in Rhode Island, Massachusetts area. I believe it's actually in Rhode Island, but the two kind of blend together to me because I just know that it's four and a half hours for me. And I just, uh, I just drive straight. So uh, we did an outside show, and I know that they wanted to have a title, right? Like Beyond operates on on the ace. Like we don't have an actual uh, championship title at Beyond. The, we don't believe in titles. We just keep beating each other up to be the ace, uh, which I'm totally fine with because I'll just I'll grab everybody's legs. It's totally fine. And then Feast kind of came to us and they were like, "We have this championship. You guys are awesome. Uh, let's work together." And then Cheeseburger was crowned the first Feast champion. On that Feast show was Officer Magnum's wrestling debut for Beyond, where he worked with Dick Justice and Puff and pinned fire ant so I, you know i know that was the show it's a big donut uh usually i believe that show is on iwtv too if you want to catch some really really fun shenanigans we got word that there was going to be a ladder match and they were like you're in this ladder match and i was like oh what i'd never done a ladder match before i was like did i say i wanted to do a ladder match sometime because like drew cordero listens very intently 
as does Mike Quackenbush. And sometimes when you're just like, oh, yeah, I'll do that, like, set it on fire, drive a bike through it, sounds good, right? And then all of a sudden, three months later, it's like, do you remember that fire match you were talking about? And you're like, what? Oh, I made promises. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it was really exciting to get to be a part of it and work with people I haven't worked with before <laughs> I get there. And I, I felt so bad because I got there late because that week was uh, North Carolina FSCW cosplay wrestling. And my suitcase got stolen <laughs> by my Uber driver. No! And then, yeah, it was a wild trip. And I was just like, it's cool. It's fine. But because of that, I had to, like, drive through South Jersey to, like, get things to put on my body and then keep going <laughs> for, for American Rana. So I was like, all right. So I was thinking, if we stack these ladders and, like, do a domino here, and then if, like, I can do this. And they were like, okay, here's what we have. And I was like, all right. So who wants to get dead with me? And they were like, we're not going to get dead today. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I was like, does anyone want to slam me on the apron? And they were like, why do you want that? And I was like, I just thought it was like ladder match. I don't know. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> do you guys know? I was just, I guess you anticipated that. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so it, was, it was really dope. It was a really fun match. I definitely wanted to kill Johnny Cockstrong just a little bit. You also stopped Ken Doan having children in that match from what I saw. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah like they grow back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mine have, mine have grown back twice. <laughs> right, yeah. I just, that's the anatomy of a man, right? It just kind of comes back. So you're here to pick three matches to burn onto a DVD to watch on a metaphorical desert island. So what is the first match that you are choosing, Solo? Let me, like, try to narrow it down. Orange Cassidy and Hollow Wicked. Those, those, they were at Flying V. The Flying V show was really fun. Speaking of surprises, here we have an independent wrestling TV championship match, and this is a match I am so excited to have. Uh, two longtime veterans of the indie scene, particularly here in the East, in the Mid-Atlantic, Hallowicked, Orange Cassidy, and oh my. You know a competitor is something when someone like Hallowicked can't make heads or tails of them. They're great. I, and I love them with, with other opponents as well, right? Like, it's really tough because I've, I've seen Orange Cassidy and Hallowicked individually have great matches. I just had to pick them both because once I pick the individual wrestler and then try to go down and pick a favorite match that's really tough so i picked them together <laughs> so, and you watch a lot of things that wicked will teach and that chikara does teach put into play um and training with a lot of the guys that are coming up now and are making more towns and uh that i travel with in vans quite often this year uh i've had the privilege to uh they their excitement for seeing what they're putting together uh, come through in a match like that, where it's like, oh, and this is where you do this, and this is how you do this, and why. That's really awesome. He still has his hand in the pocket for the hip toss. I have not seen that one before. There we go. Rolls with both hands, pins with both hands in his pockets. This is simply outstanding. Orange Cassidy is like the board game mousetrap if you lost half the pieces and still lost the game. And he uses the mousetrap for his to win matches. You don't know how right you are, Jason. He's a Rube Goldberg machine that 
doesn't solve anything at the end. Your favorite wrestler could not do the things Orange Cassidy does. I showed Orange Cassidy to a non-wrestling fan recently, and it's a wonderful reaction from them to watch him at work. With Orange Cassidy, like you know by watching him that he is a, he's a great wrestler, but the way he presents it is so different. Like the frame around the portrait <laughs> is so different. And I love yeah. that, like walking to the ring with his hands in his pockets, barely getting his hands out of his pockets during the match, those really slow slap fests that occur. It's so good when you can uh, be behind the curtain. You have to take your eyes off of the match for a second, right? Because we all try to watch each other. And based on the crowd, I know what spot is happening. Wrestlers, have you seen do that like as an actual fire up, right? It's all of the things that we do. Uh, brought to you with your hands in your pockets <laughs> like you know like brought to you very uh blase and very casually but also like like yeah i know it's just that it's like yeah you wanna i don't know hollow wicked is an incredible wrestler he just kind of he just kind of like comes in and is just like awesome and even if you come in like when i when i first got to wrestle him i was still kind of putting it together i still am putting it together but at the time i was like i don't know i have this thing he's like oh it's gonna be fine just like jump from the top and then you'll do it to Hera. and i was like i'm sorry what am i doing um but he's so smooth and and can help and it's just very seamless work you're somebody who has over in in, in what feels like a really short period of time like really a adapted what you do because because i remember when i first watched you and you you had a tail and tiger paws now, oh yeah <laughs> and, and now it's about it's about grabbing legs and just kicking shit out of people <laughs> I'm, and i'm fascinated with how you transition from from a to b to c to d to e i i loved the creation of uh, the sugar creature uh i loved the evolution of it and it it was deep rooted in like how I grew up and things I went through. And I tried to kind of like carve out a slice of the enchanted forest to bring to people to kind of like get their minds off things. Um, it was a little uh, detached and I guess embellished from who I am, right? Like I grew up in the Bronx. I would fight the kids in school to protect the nerds. Like I was a scrapper. Um, I, I grew up wearing like baggy jeans and tank tops and I wore braids with a backwards hat and a bandana because I was kind of chola but like it didn't stop me from loving swing and 50s music and flappers and like all different types of music which is which is really where I started in music um but I just wanted to kind of like capture a different side of me a different layer and then like kind of like see what that thread is when you pull it and then do that um and and then after a while I just I felt very frustrated. Uh, I have wanted to catch legs for pretty much the entirety of my career, um, but I didn't know who to ask, right? Like I kept just searching for a school where I could just go and learn. I'm very academic based. I grew up with my mom being a teacher. So I just constantly wanted to learn and felt like, okay, so what are we doing? Is there a class? Are we doing that? No, okay. So I just kept learning on the road. And then when I found out uh, Mike Quackenbush was doing a seminar up on the coast in the tri-state area. I was like, yeah, I'm there. So I grabbed some people and I went. And I was like, yeah, I have this thing. I, I, I need help with it. I want to I wanna do this, but like for real. And he was like, okay. And he's like, cool. Uh, so we talked about it and I was paired with Travis. And uh, once, like, it was like once the door was open and I was able to uh, rest 
Squirrel Girl and really kind of get to the work that like excited me. Um, and then I saw people being excited that I was excited. It just kind of like it enforced it, right? Because as soon as somebody is hyped for you, it just kind of makes you want to go out there and do more of that. It's like having that friend where they they realize their story is funny, so they want to keep telling jokes. If that makes sense. And at what point did did you decide? And and of course, of course, we we're going to come back to the doggo solo. Um, <laughs> at what point did Officer Magnum? Uh, become part of the package <laughs> so I adopted Officer Magnum um, April three years ago he'll be five in October and I left the shelter went to the vet and went to training <laughs> so he's been in the business like since pretty much I got him like he was so well behaved and at the time I didn't know so I had a thunder vest for him. I don't know if you guys have that, but it's like a really tight shirt thing that you wrap around them so they feel like they're hugged. So it helps them, like, if your dog's afraid of thunderstorms or loud sounds or something like that, or they have to be around, like, I don't know, if they're traveling with you and you do construction, like, whatever the job is that's super anxiety-riddling, uh, it helps them not freak out. So I put his little thunder vest on him. And then it, for a while in training, he was just called Thunder Pup. And he wouldn't bark. He would just lay there. He only started barking like way later and only during practice. During shows, he, st he doesn't bark at all. Um, and during meetings, whenever Drew Cordero gives a meeting, he, he likes to run up in the center of us all and bark and then walk away. <laughs> <laughs> so he was part of uh, the cop faction in Chikara. He had like his own thing, right? He wanted to just do his own individual thing instead of like, come out with me. I had the Travis thing. And so we kind of had our individual stories. Um, but then as we're just posting more online and people get to know us and they get to know Officer Magnum, it just kind of felt natural to be like, he comes out with me now. Because he would go to the shows. He was actually there when I dislocated my knee when I started uh, like full on training with Chikara. Because I had like gone to training, I had to finish up some shows, and then like started with the roster. Right. So like I adopted him. It was a kind of all in the same couple of months there. And then the first independent show I really brought him to, uh, I dislocated my knee and I had to drive a couple of hours with him in the passenger seat and he was just like uh what's going on and i was like everything's fine i'm just gonna drag this upstairs you're gonna help me and uh then we're gonna call it and that's how we got to training so well together because i was out of commission for a minute it was my left leg thankfully so my driving leg was okay for the time being yeah i was like uh Magnum, could you touch the pedals? Is that cool if I just put my leg? The way he is that you see him is how he is like a thousand percent of the time. Who's that there? That is McMurray. Oh. Uh, what's What's lovely about McMurray is that, <laughs> um, which also her, her last name is Nightingale because she was named after my tag partner. Uh, all, all the toys that Officer Magnum is disinterested in from the millions of bark boxes we've collected. Uh, she loves them. They had a Shakespeare box, which was one of my favorite boxes that came out. And so one, everything's like squirrel theme. Like so, the squirrel, like there's, this universe is is as in depth as Chikara, where uh, <laughs> the squirrels all have characters. So like when you open the box, right? Uh, there's a Romeo and Juliet, but it's like back in front. And so there's two squeakers in there. One, so there's two hearts essentially for Romeo and Juliet. Uh, in this one squirrel toy, but she figured out she could get both squeaks 
and so like that's it. Oh. That's yeah, two squeaks for the price of one squirrel with two bodies. It's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That is wonderful. Sparkbox is a monthly subscription service we have out here, and you can kind of pick, and then you put the profile of your dog in, and then they customize it, and then you can rate like, okay, Magnum didn't like these treats, he likes these treats, and then the next month he'll get better treats, and or you know treats that are that suit him better, uh, and then you can add like you know like a tough toy, so if they're like super chewers, uh, and they get birthday stuff. Uh, for the price you pay, I am I legitimately believe I'm getting like sixty to eighty dollars worth of really nice organic treats and toys that are reinforced. He barely broke like three of them out of all the toys we've gotten. Uh, and I pay like twenty three dollars a month, so I feel like I'm good. I like this box a lot. <laughs> what I love is that people have come to the podcast for the wrestling, but they are staying the dog toy advice. <laughs> 
you can do so much with six people in the ring and instead of like pairing up with people you, you have so many different like colors to paint with that i really like the blend and the teams and then like the synchronized moves that you could do other than the traditional like and then you and i will go and then we tag out and then they'll go um and i really just loved all of the little intricacies that they did too and the gestures the emotional string behind it and and by the by like the middle of the match with those six it didn't matter like everyone was like okay it's fine if they win it's fine if they win like of course we want sendai girls to win but at the same time like i think the the, the fans and us in the back we were just like happy regardless of the outcome. And I think that's very hard to get. If you're not familiar with it, the King of Trios is sort of like Chikara's big end of year spectacular, where teams of three will all compete in a tournament and you get a lovely cross-generation of stars of then, stars of now, all shapes and sizes. It's a really fun time. The trios just has this unique feel to it. And I know we've equated it to like, right, Chikara's WrestleMania, just like American Rana is Beyond's WrestleMania. It just has also this intimate feeling, though, that I don't necessarily get with WrestleMania. But trios is like huge. But at the same time, I can remember every fan I interacted with. Um, I might not remember your Twitter handle or exactly how to spell your name, but I remember every face and every emotion that went behind all of it. Now, there's been a lot said about intergender wrestling over the past few months, very recently by WWE Seth Rollins, who cites it as unrealistic. Now, I have watched you, Solo Darling, tear it up with David Starr recently. And before that, I've watched you fighting JXT and Josh Briggs. And you've had a deep rivalry with Travis Huckabee and Chikara. So I'm going to hand the floor to you for your thoughts on intergender wrestling. So it's really hard to pick, like, what thread I want to pull, right? So when I'm reading it, of course, right, it's like, well, we're based, we're dipped a little bit in realism. Okay, cool. So what's not real about me fighting Travis? Sibling rivalry. What's not real about that? What's not real about the fact that he wanted his own and thought I was like crowding his space? That's a real emotion, is it not? Is, is, is what we do not real based in emotion? It's based on driving someone to feel something, to feel connected. I have no idea what that has to do with what I'm packing, with what I identify as. Like my best work came starting with Chikara and being with them and being immersed in their universe and everyone being so welcoming. I don't know what that has to do with getting the ring and it's like, well, that's a girl. She couldn't take him down. Oh, so that makes it all right. So you could say it's not real if, if it's a girl and a guy fighting. But growing up, I beat up the boys in school because they would make fun of my friends and they would call my friends fat or ugly and they were guys too or we were nerds for playing tailspin. Like, I beat them up then, and that wasn't, you know, predetermined stunt theater, right? Performance theater, where we have to be athletic, we have to be athletes, we have to constantly be honing our game. We all have to be on high-protein something, something diet, whatever the fashion is, that year, month, day Instagram story. Uh, but somehow, my gender is sub, and, and because, and just because, in other sports and Olympics, right, there's like a women's side and there's a men's side. That doesn't 
that doesn't mean anything other than that is the way that things have been done. So that just because that's the way that things have been done means that we should continue to do them that way. Maybe the best Olympic lifter female wants to challenge the best man. What does that have to do with, like, what, what does their gender have to do with their ability? Uh, that's deep-rooted in how we've always been treated. I, I've never even thought of myself as a feminist person, right? Like a, like a title, like I've always just been myself. But my mom is, is very much the same powerful, independent, right, single mom, right? She raised me by herself, and she worked a gajillion hours a week. And you're going to test that to like a, like, like, oh, well, she's a woman. What does that have to do? That doesn't. And I want to sincerely thank Chikara and beyond, and the promotions that have seen that and taken to that and wanted to interject a new way to be, because tradition has nothing to do with anything other than itself, which is tradition. It stays the same. Uh, in science, which is one of my favorite topics to study of all time, you do need like a control, right, to base to see where your studies go. Do we progress this way? Did this screw up our experiment? Probably not. Maybe don't add fire to that that we need a control so that we can see it. But the control is tradition. We know exactly where it goes. You don't get any change from that. Uh, so I don't understand, re really, the other argument to this, which is, oh, come on, Rollins, it's fake. That doesn't help it either. Nope. Saying like, saying like, oh, it's fake. Like, of course they can do that. That's, that's almost helping his argument, because then if you're saying what we do is fake, which I think that word just has like a ton of stigma and I feel really bad for the word. It came into our language and it just didn't know what was going to hit it. But having that word fake makes it like, well, right? Like, of, of course she can wrestle David Starr's fake because in a real fight. But that that's the same exact thing. I wrestle as me. I wrestle as solo. I get in the ring and I want to wrestle the person at their best. And if for some reason, because of what we do, they're wrestling injured that way, that day, like, and they still have to come to work because they have that passion and they don't want to let the person in the rain down. If my opponent comes in and they're not 100%, I want to help them, as me, get to their best performance. Them, the person that they are, not their gender. I think the fact that we're even at a point where intergender wrestling is being discussed by one of the main stars in the biggest wrestling company on the planet... I think it shows that there is there is more discussion about it than there's ever been. Yeah, and there and they do have specific rules, right? So, like, if we are doing, um, right, it's mixed versus intergender, a mixed tag match, um, and maybe that's just out here. But if you do mixed, there are certain rules that apply. Yeah. Whereas, whereas intergender, right, is exactly that. You can you can mix it up. You can you can switch it up. So I could wrestle the guy on that team and vice versa. I like that it's getting so much steam because that means it's changing. But that's just like become a part of like I guess my my mission statement, right? Like I want to I want it to be okay to wrestle anyone because we because wrestling's for everyone. Cuz I followed you for years but the first time I tweeted you where it was when a video went up and it was the breakup of the Rumble Bee. Solo has wanted to get her hands on Travis for a while now. She finally has her chance. Oh, 
He's been running his mouth nonstop on social media, trying to antagonize his former partner. And these two very briefly held tag team gold together. But when they did not get it done at the Tag World Grand Prix, Travis Huckabee said, it's enough, I'm done. And he went on to try and find new glory for himself by attempting to appease the expectations of Icarus. And he did so by joining Fist. Oh. Travis is a Travis is a man I thought I knew. He came to the Wrestle Factory. He was so impressive. Every week you could see him getting better and better, but he could not handle failure. And failure is part of the game. Sometimes you do not come out on top. And once Travis started to find his level, once Travis couldn't start breezing past the, 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 the lower competitors, he snapped. Yep. He just snapped. And it was a story that was told that had nothing to do with gender or any weakness on one side or the other. It was just a tag team that had broken up. And it was heart-wrenching, but it was nothing to do with the gender. I took a lot of real-life experience I had with other relationships and pulled the common thread, which is like what it feels like to not be seen and what it feels like to not be heard, to be misunderstood in a, in a specific way. I took every last bit of energy that I had uh, leaving Connecticut and moving to South Jersey, and I put it into wrestling. I wanted to be enough, and I wanted people to see me, and I wanted to make a really, really good, genuine last go of, guys, this is me. Like, no fluff, quite literally. No filters, regulation me. And the story of me and Travis allowed for me to pull like Westworld references. And because uh, I was watching that a lot at the time and then rewatching it. And what it feels like to question your actual reality. Like, is it me? Is this, is this what this really is? Or have I, I been living in a loop? And I, I really gave everything to you and I really wanted to help you and our team and I believed in us and now I see that you didn't the whole time. Um, a lot of growing, I mean, we all always grow, right? But like the last bit of growing I've done to get to this current iteration of myself is a lot of things I didn't expect to question and things that I, I didn't expect to be met with. Um, I was always just, I always just believe in the utmost good in everything and everyone, and I just kind of want to be right. And I'm very stubborn, I'll be right. Disappointment is a really tough thing for most people, right, to deal with, where it's like, I'm disappointed, but is it something I've done to cause this? Am I disappointed because my expectations were unrealistic? Was I really seeing the person, or was I putting my hope for them into the person? The potential that they could have um, and they could bring to the table, is, is it me, or is it uh, a rosy-colored, glass I'm looking through to see the person at their best, because I want them at their best. And I hope they can see the way that I look at them and that that would bring them to their ultimate version of themselves, a thread I often dabble in. You do get mistaken for being naive. And it's not naive at all. It's just a hope that, you know what, maybe there's 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 something here that, 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 that other people can't see. Like, you know, you get shouted at in the street by somebody. Somebody goes online and, and, and calls you a wanker. And you just kind of, you need to, you need yeah. to personal to get you through the day. You have to kind of go, they're having a really tough day. They're having a really bad time. And the thing that has given them a little bit of light in that day is taking some of that 
energy out on me in a negative way. So I'm happy just to let that sit. I'm not going to try and punch back. They've had their thing, and hopefully that makes them feel better. <laughs> I do that. And sometimes I have a little bit, I try to have a little bit more fun with it online now because I think we take online very seriously. And so sometimes, like, you know, every hundredth time or so, you'll see me just kind of quote, retweet, and say something silly uh, back or just like, nah and see what happens after you say, I do like uh, the exciting prospect of maybe being like them replying and be like, oh, all right, yeah, you're right now. And uh, to pull on all of this with, with Travis, right, like I felt like I needed a story just as much as I, I believe he needed it as well. And there is a lot going on just because real life, we, we really hung out a lot and Right, we all train together for ages, and we train as a tag team. Right, there's a lot of tag team training that happens uh, through Chikara to make sure that we are in sync. Um, and I have a new greater appreciation for tag wrestling because of that. Uh, even my first tag was with, you know, it was in the buddy system, and then I, I came to Chikara and I was like, oh yeah, you could do all this stuff. That's wild. And pulling out of that storyline kind of gave us both fuel for like a direction I think we both really wanted to head. And unintentionally, it continued in a very real narrative. And I always grew up with the the belief of like, right, your wrestling character can be you amped up to eleven, right? That's what we always say. But like, is it? I don't know. Is it that you, you do better in a mask because it allows you to be free and in turn you're being yourself by being another character, uh, by embodying a character that maybe a legacy character that we all know and love and you're like third tiger mask, you know, like whatever that thing is, it brings you to a real part of yourself. And I think that's what gets glossed over when people are looking at character development and being up to 11. Your character magnified isn't just your character magnified. It's you free. You must be free of feeling like your cool pants on, of feeling like you need to have a specific X, Y, Z. Uh, that's what I, I firmly believe is the ultimate right character, whether it's embodying a mask, a character given to you like an actor, or the iterations that you see of people now, a lot of beyond as well, because the characters are very true or, you know, like personas of themselves. It's a, it's a, a part of themselves. Um, growing up, I was very fortunate with my mom and very fortunate with my family. Being a teen and being in my 20s, I, I did suffer uh, a lot with, you know, my gender versus gender, right? But that's in relationships. And I've gone through sexual assaults, right? I've gone through uh, hardships. I never want anyone breaking in the business to go through. I, I don't want girls coming in or guys coming in to experience the breaking that I experienced in my first year or two. Um, and that's something I want to kind of like abolish. It should always be, it should never be that way. But coming in and having to survive that to prove I really want it uh, has enforced this, this iteration of myself. And so fighting intergender has been the, the absolute best thing that's happened to me in my career because men, Right. And then women that also do intergender. And then also we bring that back to all women's promotions, bring the best out of you in that way. I love wrestling Alex Reynolds. He's a great heel. He's a great heel. But he also brings out an intensity in me that I do not get elsewhere. But then that allows me to open the gateway and bring that intensity out of a girl maybe coming in three, four years and she's unsure. Right. Like it all transcends and it all relates. But those arguments that kind of come through with, 
you know, oh, well, a man and a woman shouldn't hit or things of that nature that kind of like also compound this, I, I'm purposefully trying to show so that girls growing up and boys growing up, right, and everyone in between and the aliens in space that watch it see that and be like, I could do it too. But because it's it's all on me, it falls on me. Unintentionally, I've, I've become myself in the ring. Even though like, I kind of always was, now I'm like, I just brought that to the ring in real. And so when I make those videos, you won't necessarily know where it's coming from, but they're all versions of stories that have like actually happened in my life. Uh, that I kind of want people to feel like they're not alone. My first breaths in this flesh were met by a father who wanted a son, till I showed him me. My mother taught me to make armor out of pain, to give happiness despite how loud the world can be. So I created a creature to nurture belief. But no one saw the aches behind sugar and tail. Do you ever stop to breathe one second? And that moment is just long enough to feel each acquired crack, spider within your glowing heart, causing it to shatter throughout you pushing electric shock against your rib cage. Breathe again, slow and deep, and pull it all back together, stronger. Because it's time, it's time to show them how fierce you are. So, here I am. Well, I look forward to seeing more when you get the time from away from your, your very busy house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I apologize on my Instagram stories. It's going to be a lot of dog videos and Marshall. Dogs, like dogs on Instagram. It's going to be all them and maybe some selfies. It's all dogs, selfies, and Lush bath bombs. Am I right? Oh, my God. I can't wait to go to the Lushes out there. I still work at Lush out here, and I love it. So. My, uh, one of my best friends in the whole world, uh, she works for Lush as well. And uh, she's just come back from their, from their Christmas conference. Oh, wow. That's right. Where ours is coming up. Oh, well, yeah. She, she had to go and dress as an elf in the middle of June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ours do that, too. Um, one, of our, one of our managers is like, crazy for obviously Christmas and Halloween and so I'm not mad about it but then all of a sudden it's like Christmas pajama party and I'm like what it's it's like 900 degrees outside I just want to go outside in Christmas pajamas uh <laughs> no <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to all of that too I, I tried to post as much like I tried to do a couple of AMAs with people so maybe if you see it next time I would I offered like free skin consultations as like another thing to do, right? Like, I know we always talk about like wrestling and I like wrestling, but like, if you guys have questions about skincare. <laughs> There's your one. I, There's your lady. Uh, I could do that. Uh, I like doing that. I don't mind it. And then I think like, if I could help, right, fans, cause I, I already like take all of this to the locker room. So if I could help fans not feel so overwhelmed, but then like go out and I've had a couple ask me, 
like DM me questions about it and I recommend lotions and stuff and it's worked out and it makes me very happy because I have found a lot of like mood enhancers and just like relaxing and just feeling good just by using their products and also I'm really not mad about my skin I just love Lush a lot and I love all the stuff that they work for and I know because you have your best friend at Lush you, you probably hear about every campaign that comes oh, out yeah, and we get constant freebies <laughs> I've got cupboards at home full of them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure two of them are Christmas ones from 2017 and I don't know if they're okay <laughs> No, it's okay. I try, I try. They'll just like, they'll fizz a little different after a long while, but sometimes I just use them. I'll put them in the car as like air freshener when I know I'm not going to use them. So as well as three wrestling matches, I'm asking you to take to the Desert Island, the metaphorical Desert Island, a movie, an album, and a luxury item. So let's start with your movie, Solo. What is it? I have a couple favorite movies. My feel-good movie when like I just didn't feel right about things would be like I'd watch uh, Clerks 2 or Serendipity or Love Actually. I, I love Serendipity, I love Love Actually. And Clerks 2, I found that the story in that, although not Clerks, was, was very apropos to like, ah, what do we do? Like, we're like grown and we gotta do something and this feels right. And like them kind of like figuring out like, you know what, like this is the thing that makes us happy. We should do this together is this like to just wake up and be like you know what this wrestling thing and then i i can teach and like i'm gonna do that and like help people and then all of a sudden it like happens and works out <laughs> and your bills get paid um <laughs> like that that's a very like promising story uh and i just like love those guys but serendipity was was my movie for a long time as well as like high fidelity because i just love all that uh can i opt for a series I feel like people listening to this that know me are already in the know that I'm going to pick How I Met Your Mother. Oh, there we go. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, and like, and it's gotten to a point too, um, I would just like talk to a best friend I had uh, for ages and we were like, yeah, I know I can't watch it right now. Like I've seen it too much, but like I always watch it. Like I can always put it back on eventually. Uh, and I, I quote reference it a lot. And I was going for uh, an audition to start acting at one point. And I, uh, my favorite monologue is when Ted goes up to the door to tell imaginary mom that he just wants those extra 45 days. You know, I, I just want I just want that extra time with you. And he goes on this whole thing, and I just thought that was like the most romantic thing ever. Uh, and so that's the one I wanted to learn because he just sells it so well. Because it's you know it's imaginary, so he's just doing it by himself. Uh, so I really like that one. And that's uh, in a later season, season eight, I believe. Uh, yeah, sometimes you watch something so much, you're just like it's just like all one season. But yeah, I would do How I Met in a heartbeat. Okay, and an album. <sighs> the first Black Keys album. <laughs> I love all of them. I love all, I like, Black Keys is one of my favorite bands of all time. I got to see Dan Arbach a bunch, um, but their gritty sound from when they first started, like, I just really love it. And a luxury item, uh, skincare is really hard, because I would do, like, Rump is one of my favorite lotions, but it's not a face lotion, so that's rough. I mean, it'd probably be fine if I was on a desert island because it has a lot of avocado in it. If I could pick a scrub, then it would just be magic crystals because it's Epsom salt and like three different types of mint, menthol. And so it's really good for sore muscles. And if I'm on a desert island, I'm going to try and get even more jacked than I am now. So like, <laughs> I'm going to need the mint to, sore my, to soothe my muscles. Amazing. <laughs> that's, that is clever planning. I like that a lot. 
Finally, uh, your third wrestling match. We've had Hallowicked, Orange Cassidy. We had the King of Trios final featuring British Strong Style and the Sendai Girls. What's your last match, Solo? I'm going to put my money on the future. <laughs> I'm going to put my money on Effie versus Nick Gage coming up. Has this been done yet? Because it's been done no, now. You're, first. Um, you're, you're breaking new <laughs> ground. I realize it's in Illinois, and I will not be there. And so I will be watching from whatever device I can grab at the time. I love Effie, and just more and more every day, I'm just, I just love him. Uh, and I also want to meet Cranberry a ton. If you want dog videos, just wait for Cranberry and Officer mm -hmm. Magnum. So play, I, and I, Nick Gage is as one of magnum's favorite people on the planet oh. after every match that we would do uh at this at this specific venue uh he would just gage would come back and probably blood nick gage is one of the baddest mfers period um you're not gonna beat being dead and then coming back to life i'm sorry you're just not uh but magnum is a very concerned doggo and would always go up to check on him um, probably coming back in the worst condition on the roster, right? Because there's blood and not all of us will bleed. And usually I come back and I just right away hug Magnum so he knows it's fine. Magnum will just get up and sit next to Nick Gage while he's getting bandaged up or whatever and just kind of like lean his head on him and be like, you good? Or like, do I have to try to figure out how to call 911? I'm putting my money on Effie and Nick Gage in the future. I love I love how we've bookended our chat solo with doggos. I can't help it. Uh, hopefully help it's it. Never help it. <laughs> I'll be a vet tech, so hopefully I can combine all of my, my animal care. Solo darling, where can people go to catch up with what you're up to? Uh, check me out on Instagram, because I'm on it all the time, trying to post new videos of me and Officer Magnum, at Regulation Solo Darling, at Officer Magnum underscore letter K number nine, or you can find him through the tags. Uh, we are on Twitter as well, at Solo Darling, at letter K number nine underscore Magnum. Uh, please stay tuned for all of that. We have a big cartel, solodarling.com. You can get signed 8x10s by both of us. And that's right, Officer Magnum will sign his own 8x10s. We did a first run of our new shirt, which is, uh, it just says you, because that's our thing. That's your, that's a human and an animal's thing, like through the test of ages. So we have a new tank top out. So the first run will be kind of like to get it out there. And then we will be releasing that image on other things to help raise money for local shelters. Genuinely, selfishly, it's been a bit of a pleasure to have you on the show today. I'm a big fan of your work and thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Thank you. Thank you for having me slash us. He's asleep. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
for all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes. Search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.